0: Hello Knox. Happy Easter. He is risen. It is so good to be with you here today. My name is Phil Reinder, Senior Minister here at Knox. If you're not a member of Knox, we want to welcome you here today. We're delighted you could join us uh, that well, that you could invite us into your living rooms or wherever you are. We're grateful for that opportunity. I don't know what it's like on your side of the camera, but I got to tell you on this side of the camera, um, we've all been sort of losing it. Uh, There's been joy, tears. Um, it is good to be together worshiping our living, risen Savior this morning. We're going to read, while well, we've read scripture, um, we're going to reflect on that. Join me in a word of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this momentous day, for the brilliantly beautiful good news of Christ who has risen. As we reflect on this story, would you press it deep into our hearts? Would you expand our imaginations to take in all that this resurrection means for us speak to us today lord your servants are listening amen how would you describe these strange days we're in i've been wondering how do we best describe what's been going on for us individually for us collectively what are we feeling what captures it i've settled on the word overwhelming Because that's what it feels like. It feels overwhelming. In such short order, our world has been turned upside down. Think of all the different things that have changed in these, what, past three, four weeks. Work, school, family life, daily routines, hygiene routines, uh, basic human interactions have changed. Even something basic like going shopping. It's a whole new thing. Everything has changed in such short order. Now, you know, it's one thing to have a single event sort of rough you up and push you around. But all of a sudden, there's so many of these events, these changes coming at us. They're coming fast and furious. This little microscopic disruptor called coronavirus has has just unleashed multiple overwhelmings to each one of our lives. Think of them all. It's the restrictions placed upon our lives, our interactions. It's the frustrations of isolation. It's trying to figure out how to get your work done at home while you're still caring for your kids or helping your kids learn. It's how shopping has become almost a half day event now. It's coming to bedtime and tucking your kids into bed, getting them into their pajamas, recognizing you never took them off in the first place beginning of the day. It's sleepless nights as you're anxious about family that are far away or anxious about a job that's been taken away from you. It's the absence of human touch or connection. No matter how good a Zoom call is, somehow it falls short. And then there's the overwhelming in the hospitals, the collapsing global economy, the tender, terrifying fragility of our own lives. We are overwhelmed as this silent, invisible, deadly virus speeds its way around the world. You know, we in the modern world have sort of projected this image like we've got it all together. Progress, we're moving forward, we're in control of things. But it's like in this time the veil has been pulled back. The curtain of reality has been pulled back and we've got a peek and we see how precariously vulnerable we really are. We're overwhelmed because we need to be saved, and we don't have it in us to be saved. I was listening to a Duke professor. Duke is a university in the United States. Kate Bowler is her name, and she wrote about this feeling, this sense in our day and age. She writes, when I can't save myself, I don't need self-help because sometimes we just can't do it. We just don't find the goodness inside of us and piece it all together. We're not inherently and always good, and we know that. And she says, sometimes I know I need to be saved. I need a faith that offers me more than you can do it. I need a hope that is more than the hope is in you. you're feeling overwhelmed in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, I'm with you. But our shared anxiety in all this is a really leaky lifeboat. We need help, don't we? So how do we live in these strange and really overwhelming days? One author I read this week said that the wisest way to live in this time of multiple overwhelmings is to first of all recognize you're not in control of things. But then, he said, Uh, to allow one of those overwhelmings to shape all the others. Allow a greater overwhelming to fill your vision, to overwhelm your mind and your heart, so that it engulfs all the other overwhelmings that you experience. Enter Easter, which by any account was an overwhelming morning. The resurrection was an overwhelming reality to those who first experienced it. It remains the overwhelming reality that offers you and I the greatest hope, the greatest courage to live this moment we're in right now. Now, I know Easter's become, you know, sort of sentimentalized by a lot, you know, it's become... Easter bunnies and chicks and chocolate and flowers. You know, a metaphor for spring, for new life. But the pandemic realities we face should put a full stop to that sort of sentimentality. Because really, is the Easter bunny going to help? Writer and priest Tish Harrison Warren puts it pretty plainly. She says this. Don't bother me with metaphor and symbol. The resurrection is either the whole hope of the world, the very center of reality, or Christianity is not worth your or my time. We need strong medicine is what we need. Now, I recognize some of you watching this live stream may not be a follower of Jesus, may have a lot of questions about the whole Christianity thing. And if you have never explored Jesus, if you have questions about the resurrection Can I urge you to talk to us, all of us at Knox, our staff, we would be delighted to interact with you, to wrestle with you about the questions you have about Jesus, about the resurrection. Those are important things, and I can't urge you enough to engage the reality of the resurrection for yourself. Because if it is true, then the resurrection of Jesus is the most overwhelming fact of the whole universe It is the center point of history on which everything turns. The resurrection, then, is the power to overwhelm death or destruction that overwhelms and meets up full-on violence and viruses. In our gospel reading today, the writer John begins to unfold some of the meaning of the resurrection story, and he presents the hope that it brings to us today. Which is good, because we are people swamped with uncertainty, unsettled by grief. We could use some hope and courage. John is showing us that the resurrection is the first day of something new. He says, early on the first day. Now, of course, it was the first day. It was a Sunday, first day of the week. But John means more here. Remember how John introduced his whole gospel story? The very first lines, John says, in the beginning was the word. And he introduces us to Jesus. And he's echoing the words of Genesis, which also begins in the beginning. And John is saying, in this Jesus Christ, there is a new creation beginning. And now in this resurrection story, as he says, on the first day, John is saying, this is the first day of new creation a new creation has been born of this unprecedented miracle, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This is a resurrection, not a resuscitation, not a dead body that is now alive. This is a new living being, Jesus Christ. Mary, as she sees the claws lying there in the grave, as she sees the headcloth neatly folded, they become tangible evidence for her. Someone walked out of this grave. And a new world is here. And you see this in another little detail in John's gospel. Mary's standing outside the tomb. She's just gutted, right? Overwhelmed with grief and sorrow. She's crushed, undone by this sorrow. She didn't come expecting a resurrection. Like she came hoping to find a dead body. That's what she came for. She was going to prepare Jesus' body for its burial. And so our resurrection, it was as improbable to Mary as it is for a whole lot of us. And so Mary, as she's weeping, she sees someone off to the side and she first thinks that's a gardener. And her answer there is wrong in one way, but right in a very deep, profound way. Because this, remember, is the first day of the new creation. And Jesus is the beginning of it. And Mary was looking at the first day of new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. And in the appearance of this gardener, God walks among humanity once again. Not now in the cool of the evening, but now in the dawn of a new day of new creation a new world has been born through the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a new world that fulfills the very purposes of the original creation of God. We were meant to live with God in communion, to enjoy his presence, to to, to experience that loving relationship. Of course, our sin has separated us from that. But the resurrection, the cross and the resurrection offer us a whole new reality. Look at what Jesus says to Mary. He says, go to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my God, to my father and your father, to my God and your God. This is the first time that Jesus says my father and your father. It's overwhelming language, actually. Not servants, not friends even, family adopted. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we share the same status as that of Jesus. We share the same relationship. Think of that. The very relationship Jesus Christ has enjoyed with his Father from eternity, we are now included in. It's overwhelming. And this new world, this new creation that the risen Jesus has begun is filled with his presence right here. Right now, right where you are, the risen Jesus is very present. You might not recognize him, but he is present. We see this here in the text. Mary was weeping at the front of the tomb. And it was only after a while that she notices Jesus, thinks him to be a gardener. Mary, of course, is overwhelmed with grief. She sta- but Jesus is nonetheless standing there with her, even though she doesn't notice him. You wonder, how long had Jesus been standing there with Mary until she realized the presence of Jesus? Makes me think, how long has Jesus been standing with us in this pandemic, with all our overwhelmings that we feel? How long has Jesus been standing with us until we're able to recognize his presence with us? These past few weeks, of course, have have clouded our vision. Probably a whole lot like Mary clouded it with grief and anxiety and yet this world is filled with the presence of the risen Jesus Christ. He's been standing by you all along. Today my prayer is that you would hear his voice because he's near you right here right now in the middle of all our overwhelmings and all it took all it took was one word. Mary sees a whole new world through one word. Mary's able to see new creation. With one word, Mary's whole world, it just pivots. It turns. It pivots from despair to joy. Jesus speaks her name and her overwhelming grief turns to overwhelming awe and joy and wonder. Listen to this text. Thinking he was the gardener, Mary said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. She turned to Jesus. Now think about that turn for just a minute. It probably took, what, one, two seconds for her to turn from her grief to Jesus with this full realization that it was Jesus in that one to two seconds, Mary's world literally turned on its axis. A second before, Mary is in the deepest of despair, inconsolable, overwhelmed. And a second after this turn, she is experiencing overwhelming joy, delight, unbelievable. And somewhere between those two seconds, right at the midpoint between being gripped by grief and undone by joy, history moved from B.C. to A.D. History literally moved from before Christ to living in the presence of our Lord Jesus. Somewhere in the middle of that turn, human history took a turn from overwhelming meaninglessness to a world of hope and purpose The world became a different place. Death met its match. The love of God for you and for me that has always been present in this world. That love that is stronger than death, that love made this world new. And that same power to turn, that power to experience this pivot, that same shift, it's available to you and I. We can know that same shift, which is probably what we need in this time of pandemic to know that Jesus is alive with life like we have never seen before if only we could hear him call our name would you let Jesus overwhelm your life turning your life from all these pandemic panic and anxiety to one with hope and courage at easter we're taught what a follower of Jesus is a follower of Jesus is someone who is overwhelmed. A follower of Jesus is a person overwhelmed with the assurance of God's eternal love that there is nothing, nothing that can separate us from that love. A Christian is someone who is overwhelmed at the costly grace displayed on the cross. It is someone who is overwhelmed by the joy, the hope, the courage of the resurrection. It is someone overwhelmed, undone by the welcome embrace of the Father, the reconciling love that welcomes each and every sinner home. It is someone overwhelmed by the new identity given to us, the new status, not defined by sin, not defined by all our brokenness, but in Jesus, named as righteous, as beloved. It is someone overwhelmed by the life of Christ that covers all our condemnation and buries all our brokenness. It is someone overwhelmed by the gaze of God upon us who looks with delight and says, you are my beloved. Overwhelmed that my life is hidden with Christ and that even death cannot loosen the grip of Jesus on my life. Let the lavish, wild, untamed resurrection life of Jesus overwhelm you. Because more than ever, our world, which is cowering in pandemic anxiety, needs God's children, the family of Jesus, to be overwhelmed with something more than panic anxiety. Sure, we're going to feel it, we're going to acknowledge it, we're going to name it, it's real but we're going to let something else overwhelm all those overwhelmings we feel. Think of it. What would it look like at this time to be overwhelmed with a real assurance of God's love? What would it look like for us to be overwhelmed with gratitude, even in this moment of concern and fear? What would it look like to be overwhelmed by generosity, the generosity of God that flows into acts of service? What would it be like... To be overwhelmed by a commitment to pray to the God who is making all things new. Overwhelmed by the desire to see others thrive and flourish, even if it comes at our expense. Because we know this is the way of sacrificial love. This is the way the world comes new again. Friends, this Easter, be people who are overwhelmed. Listen for the voice of Jesus. Speaking that one word, your name, and watch the resurrection power of Jesus turn your life, turn this world from despair to joy to life. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we live at a time that for most of us, we've never seen anything like this. And it can fill us with so much fear and anxiety, worry, concern, and we can feel overwhelmed by this. Jesus, would you overwhelm us with your love? Would you overwhelm us with your life? I pray that everyone listening here today would hear you speaking their voice, calling them your beloved, assuring them of your living reality. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.